Lori. I was just listening to the program about intimacy and marriage, and this is something that my husband and I really struggle with. He's an atheist. I am a born-again Christian, and this is something that really separates us, and I've really, really struggled with trying to be intimate with him, but also trying to have a relationship with Jesus at the same time. It feels almost like I'm cheating because my husband is very anti-religion. Very personal. Thank you for your confidence in uh, sharing that with us, Lori. And I know there's more to your call that you left with us, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. We want to hear the rest of Lori's story. Uh, Hang on. We'll get to it here in a few minutes on Intentional Living. Dr. Randy here in the studio today, along with Jennifer and Stephen and Gino and Amy, Thank you for being a part of the show. You're welcome to call our comment line with the uh, answer in your own life to the question of when do you feel closest? What what do you do to build intimacy in your marriage? You can call our storyline at 888-888-1717. Uh, let's get to our calls uh, here. Let me see. We got Randy on the line in Michigan. Hi there, Randy. How are you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. What's your uh, question or comment today? Well, my comment is, is uh, we celebrated our 51st anniversary on Saturday at a great dinner. And my only problem is with intimacy. My wife isn't a very touchy-feely kind of person where I am and uh, makes it kind of rough because I'm more physical than she is. Mm-hmm. And then I had a heart attack eight years ago. So uh, I ended up with ED, which there's no solution for. But I still want to hold her and hug her and do all those things. But that's not her personality. She's So it makes it tough for me. I, I'd love her to death. I'd, I'd be lost without her, even mm-hmm. without any speed. But, but, but I want to I be with her. I want to hold her hand. I want There's things I want to do, and she's... You know, she don't want to talk about it. She gets extremely embarrassed, and I shouldn't be embarrassed because you know, we dated in high school, and I've been married fifty-one years. You shouldn't, but but she is. That's just her personality. Uh, uh, talking about mm-hmm. she's and, more private, you know, more personal, not uh, needing exactly. as much physical in- intimacy or closeness. Um, do you connect in other ways? Do you find intimacy in uh, your spiritual life or? your kids or doing things together is there other things that uh, really hold your marriage together yeah well we yeah well of course we get in the 70s you got 10 million surgeries and hospital (laughs) visits so we're both there for support for each other because we love each other to death and our kids and grandkids you know we'd do everything Mm -hmm. for them we'd you know it's just the way it is but but you know you still to me i still need that Mm -hmm. and no, and we don't sleep together because I'm a horrible snorer. It's not because she can't stand me. It's because, you know, and I understand that. I've woke myself up snoring. <laughs> but I'd like to just come with her and just yeah. to hold a hugger. And you, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's just not her thing. It's just, it, it, it bothers me. You know, it just it only yeah. just seems to bother me because I, I, well, I, I need more. And I, and I hear that. And I think everybody listening, because you mentioned it bothers you several times. And so it is an issue. And it's something that uh, even after 50 years, I think you said plus of marriage, um, is an issue. And I think what I would encourage is a couple of things. Um, One is you need to be able to talk about this with your wife. You need to ask her 
you need, she obviously knows, but you need to talk about why this is important to you. Just the physical touch. We're not talking about sexual touch here. We're talking about physical touch is what I hear you saying. Spending time with her, holding hands, hugging, cuddling, being together. Talk to her a little bit about um, why, have her explain to you. Maybe she can share with you why she feels uncomfortable with that. Is it setting? Um, is there something else? I hope she can be honest with you. Is it about you? Is it about her? Has it been lifelong? You say she's more private, quiet. Um, and then see if you can come to agreement on something to say, can can we hold it? Some way of making that physical touch that she's comfortable with and you can be comfortable with as well. Because I encourage you to do that. You know, the Bible's very clear. We see this in the book of Corinthians about the importance of being physically connected with each other. It's a part of intimacy. The second thing I would encourage, Randy, is to really focus on the areas that you do have intimacy. I think in life we tend to focus on what we don't have sometimes. It's easy to pay attention to all the things that we don't have, right? Um, it's like putting your finger in the door and the car sl- the car door slams on it. Have you ever had that? Have you guys ever slammed your finger in the car door? I have. Not the smartest thing to do, but it has happened. And, you know, when that happens for about 10 minutes until the throbbing stops, all you can think about is your thumb. Your whole world revolves around your thumb. Nothing else matters. Your thumb. And I think in marriage, sometimes we say, uh, you know, God is good in this area, and I got this in this area, and we have intimacy in this area, but this is lacking. And then that becomes the centerpiece of our problem. And so understanding that uh, expectations minus reality always equals disappointment that you're going to have opportunity maybe to develop in some other areas. So those two things I would encourage you, Randy. And I, I hear your heart. You're in your 70s, got physical challenges. I hear that. You love each other. Let me say this. You said, hey, I'm going to remain faithful for 50 years. We're going to make this marriage work. I applaud that. Because a lot of people today say when a need doesn't get met, I'm gone. I'll go find it somewhere else. And that's not God's intention. I'll tell you what, let's take a break. We'll be back. I want you to hear the rest of Lori's call on um, what she's facing with a non-believer and feeling like she's being unfaithful to Christ because of the relationship as a Christian with her Savior. Wow. We'll hear the rest of that call in a couple of minutes. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. How can I be intentional when I've been hurt by a close friend? Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. Honesty is the best policy. Please don't bury your hurt. As someone said, when you do, you bury it alive and it will come out in passive aggressive ways, perhaps through avoidance or in cheap shots, or maybe by talking behind their backs. So can I encourage you to be intentional by getting to the bottom of whatever is going on? And that will likely require a process of forgiveness. And after all of that, and only then do you decide if you're going to fix or finish that friendship. It doesn't mean you're gonna continue to be best friends or even spend time together. 
It may be that you move in different directions, but make sure you go through that intentional process of forgiveness before you do that, if it's possible. And when you do, that's intentional living. Visit us at theintentionallife.com. The Intentional Living Minute. Today, talking about intimacy in, in marriage. I, just before I get to back to let you listen to uh, the call I had with Lori in Michigan, we recorded it. I want you to hear the rest of that call in a moment. Just before we do that, I, I, just lingering for a moment on Randy's call, I think of all the years I've talked on this topic of intimacy, this thing of differences when it comes to physical intimacy in marriage is one of the most difficult. Because it's important, we know it's biblical, at the same time I know people are wired differently and there can be physical reasons, emotional reasons, uh, the way people have been raised. These differences can impact how, how a man and woman in marriage will connect with each other physically. And it can be a very frustrating uh, for both the man or the woman in, in marriage, as you've heard with Randy. And I think Satan loves to worm his way into these conflict areas and create a division in a marriage. And I would simply say to a couple, if you're struggling with this area in your marriage, be honest with each other and talk about it and maybe get some help and uh, realize that physical intimacy is something that God intends for marriage. It's, it's a healthy part of marriage. And maybe you didn't grow up seeing this part of, as a healthy thing for lots of different reasons. And as a result, to be able to talk about those things, discuss those things and and uh, come to some agreement. Don't allow Satan to use that in this area to divide you in your marriage. All right. Uh, we started the show today with a little clip from Lori in Michigan. She was talking about being uh, the opposites in marriage. And um, I just thought it'd be good to revisit that, to listen to my conversation uh, with her. So uh, take a listen. Hi, my name is Lori. I was just listening to the program about intimacy and marriage. And this is something that my husband and I really struggle with. And I really wanted to share this because he's an atheist. I am a born again Christian. And this is something that really separates us. And ever since I came out and admitted that I, you know, was a Christian to my husband, it's like when I feel closer to God, I feel further away from my husband. And if I feel closest to my husband, I feel further away from God. And I've really, really struggled with trying to be intimate with him, but also trying to have a relationship with Jesus at the same time. It feels almost like I'm cheating because my husband is very anti-religion. I've noticed the only time that I do feel close to him is when he's being present with me. So if he's making eye contact or he's fully focused on me with no distractions, it's just he and I maybe talking, having a deep conversation, you know, just being present with one another, just actually being in each other's company and soaking all that in. Uh, and that's really that the only time that he and I feel close to one another or feel intimate so I just wanted to share that for the couples that are struggling as much as my husband and I are right now and take that little piece of advice is to just be present with one another and hopefully that sparks some intimacy in the marriage. I hope that helps. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Lori. And I would encourage you to continue to develop that, develop areas of intimacy with your spouse. And I would say to uh, anyone listening, if you're married to a person who's a non-believer, um, 
don't allow that to become a competition between God and your spouse because God is honored when you honor your spouse. God is honored when you show honor to your spouse and have intimacy with your spouse and, and of course, you know, healthy ways. And so it's not dishonoring to God and praying for your spouse. And I love that comment about being present, being there present with them. And not, not when every time you see your spouse, you feel in any way, like I have to quote, get them saved, or I have to preach at them, or I have to, because you know what, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people listening, maybe you, and you feel like you're in competition with God in your marriage, like your spouse says you never measure up spiritually. And that's not God's intention. And then understand to have realistic expectations. You pray for your spouse, but um, it takes time sometimes, sometimes a lifetime. So realistic expectations. But Valerie, thank you for taking time, or Lori rather, thank you for taking time to uh, share that uh, with us today. Okay, we're talking about intimacy. Let me see here. We're going to go to uh, Barbara uh, on the line in New Mexico. Appreciate your call, Barbara. Go right ahead. Well, my husband and I are newlyweds. Um, we're in our 60s, but we've only been married uh, about two and a half years. Mm. But our intention um, every morning, um, whoever gets up last, goes and finds the other person. And we stand and we just hold each other. We have the longest embrace that we need. And we kiss and we, he says, I'm crazy in love with you. And I say, I'm madly in love with you. And it's, it's like the whole day takes on a new tone. I mean, mm. even if I'm sitting there doing something, I get up and I go to where he is. If he's sitting there and busy, he'll get up. We'll stop what we're doing so that we can have that special embrace. And it just says, you're important to me and you're the one I want to start my day with. Good for you. Listen, th- those are the things, you know, it's the interesting things, Barbara, that we're hearing from people on this When Do I Feel Closest on Facebook and like your call and others. Um, they're simple things. Like here, Carrie says, you know, when we're doing things with the kids, when we're praying together, Rhonda said, uh, and holding hands. Um, <laughs> Gabriella says, so when the kids are asleep and we share ice cream while we chat, you know. It's those things. That's the kind of things that we're hearing coming in. And, and here's what I believe, like with you, Barbara, and these other ones. <laughs> Long term, if, if, the, if the inside work hasn't been done, if, if we don't have the why part and the what part, why am I here? Why, why is this marriage important? What are we about? Where are we going? What, what is it? Then the living part. See, the intentional part is an inside part, and the living is the outside part. And I think we get tired on the living part. We get worn out on the, on the living part. The reason a lot of marriages fail is people just get bored and tired and disinterested and they're looking for another high. And life isn't filled like that. I mean, listen to the stories we're hearing. These are people just living life every day. So the, if the intention isn't right, the living won't be right. That's why we put the two together. That's why we've done this for years. Helping people live intentionally, intentional living. And it makes a difference. Okay, Barbara, keep hugging each other, okay? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're doing it, yeah, and you keep it up. 
All right, we got some other callers we need to get to before we're out of time. Let's go on over to Michael, who's on the line. Uh, Michael, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Dr. Carlson. First, I want to thank you for taking my call. Um, uh, I call you about, I was about three months ago. Okay. Uh, with my heart broken in a million and one pieces, because uh, oh. I have found out that uh, my spouse, my wife of eight years, uh, she is uh, maintaining a relationship um, uh, through the emails for, for, for another, with a friend of her uh, opposite sex. Mm. So uh, it was just uh, when I found out, I was just devastated. How can this be happening? Well, you know, uh, you give me some great advice, and on top of that, you also send me the uh, the copy of the Starving Star for Affection book. Yes. Mm-hmm. What a tool that had become for me and my wife. Um, my wife and I, we just we believe that marriage is just no something you just throw away just because uh, it's broken. You fix it. You work at it. Um, <clears throat> I agree with uh, the caller before me, uh, John, that he works hard, and that's what it is. Uh, for us, men, it's working hard as a marriage, and not because it's a duty, but because if you love your wife, if you love your marriage, if you love God. That's right. Things have to be in place. First of all, you have to have God in, in your life. Uh, otherwise, nothing else matters. Right. Um, my wife and I, we have that, and we're just like any other couple. We we have made uh, bad choices, and uh, we need to move forward. I could have been the one who made a bad choice and, and have a relationship with the opposite sex and myself, and I would have liked for my wife to forgive me and say, let's work this through. So that book that he was sending me, my wife and I, we start reading it, and he's like, my wife has to, well, is, is he writing about us here? Because he's such a great, great tool. I thank you again very much for that book. You're um, welcome. Have uh, become like what ha- what was happening is just my wife needed some intimacy emotionally. I yeah. need to hear, you know, express herself about the kids, about the friend, um, all those things, you know. And I was like, well, honey, I, I got to work right now. I'll, I'll call you later. And then in turn, when uh, it was, uh, I'll come home seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, um, hoping that dinner was ready and. Uh, and hopefully for some uh, sexual intimacy also. But it was like, oh, obviously, no wonder she doesn't want to have uh, sexual intimacy because I was thinking, well, she's having another friend already, and obviously somebody's taking care of business, yeah. so to speak. But what was happening is that, like, there was no connection. Uh, uh, John said it clearly. You have to work hard on your marriage. We we did not. We could be having all the sex we wanted, but it was no, no emotional intimacy. It didn't matter. It was just another routine mm-hmm. uh, activity. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, what you're reminding us about, uh, Michael, is the the fact that it's outside the bedroom that really matters the most in developing true intimacy and relationship with marriage. Uh, you know that that's powerful. It's the non-sexual part. I think that that we're focusing on as much today as anything, which is powerful. All right, I think we got time, but we got to move on. I want to get uh, Dana on from, uh, let me see here. She's on the line. I'm not sure where she's from, but Dana, welcome to the program. We're talking about uh, non-sexual intimacy. What have you learned there in Arizona? Yeah, so I'll start out by saying that um, five years ago, my husband had cancer so um, and was very, very ill for several years after that. So really have had to... Um, Think about other ways to be intimate and affectionate, um, which has been really neat. But I wanted to 
sure. Now, be, before you do that, before you do, just when you say it was really neat, how, how difficult was it for your husband to go through that? Not only the physical part, but just the fact that he would, you know, there was a, obviously a, a, a change. Right. Well, when he was first diagnosed, you know, it was a bit of a jolt, but we really both made the decision together that he would have the surgery, um, and we were both really good with that. And so I will also share that prior to that, our marriage was in a lot of trouble. It hmm. really, really was. So um, we we got through that, but then he got a staph infection wow. from the surgery right. that he dealt with for about a year and so the depression and really everything that we went through together was Mm. really tough but I knew I really needed to be there for him. Did it pull you together or did it tend to push you apart? Um, I would say that that particular year it it was kind of hanging on. Yeah. We really were struggling um, in our marriage prior to that so we were just hanging on and then we thought he was better and the staph infection came back. Mm. And so battled that for another year. But when the staph infection came back, um, he nearly died. Wow. So it was it was really awful. And it was at that moment, it was really, that's what was so neat was when he, when he didn't die and he was in the hospital for some time after that, he he said that he was just at peace, that, that if, if it was his time, then he was really very peaceful, that he oh. loved his life, and he knew that he had just had a really awesome life, and he was great. And hmm. you know, Did you see a change in him as a result? That had to be a very um, important time, moment in his life. You know what? It was. And did I see a change? Yes. And it was at that point where I really got, wow, you know what? I... I almost lost him, you know, and so there were a number of other things that were taking place in yeah. our life. Our son, um, we were having some real difficulties with him, and but anyway, over the next couple of years, I will say that we really did um, pull together, and we have never been more in love than we are now. Wow. We attended your marriage evening in Glendale. Uh, it, it's just been a beautiful thing, and... Um, I called in because yesterday was our 34th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. And we were at church, and we did something yesterday that was so powerful. And you talk about intimacy. I felt so close to him. We go up for communion, and we're always one in front of the other. You know, we've been doing that forever, going up for communion. But yesterday, we held hands, and we went up together, Hmm. side by side, and took communion, and then went over and had the wine. And it hit me so hard. It was so powerful. It was so intimate. It was so beautiful, because I just, at that moment, I went, Oh, you know, God is such a strong, powerful presence Mm. in our life and has blessed us over these past years. I I just, you know, I just, like, it's powerful. Mm. It is powerful. And what you've discovered uh, very much uh, in your life, uh, Dana, is that when we talk about closeness and intimacy, we talk about peace and hope in our life. We talk about all of these things. I'm telling you, sometimes it's not until we get kicked squarely in the teeth and learn some valuable lessons and humble ourselves and learn that they're ultimately, what's the purpose of marriage, guys? What's the purpose? I see Christian people giving up their marriages. 
Now, I know that that happens, and I understand there are reasons that that happens. I see people walking away from their marriage because they feel like it or they're not happy or they're not satisfied or the person's not meeting their needs. Forgetting the whole purpose of marriage. What is God's intention for marriage? And you just heard it from Dana. It's not about sex. It's not about my needs being met. In fact, the Bible talks a great deal about the fact that we are here to serve and not be served. Yes, those things are important in marriage too. But at the end of the day, it's a decision to say we got a spirit. This is a relationship that's an example and a picture of a spiritual relationship. And that's why we hold so important to making the marriage you're in today work. Make that marriage work to the glory of God. Mm. All right. Thank you for uh, thank you for your call, Dana, and appreciate uh, the fact that you joined us today. Oh, thank you, Dr. Carlson. Many, many blessings to you. Perhaps the most famous question in Scripture, one of the most profound ones, is when we see Jesus with Peter. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, but after all of the things Peter said, but who do you say I am? That's a profound question, isn't it? One that can change our life when we think about questions like that. You know, the right questions ask at the right time to the right person can change your life. Uh, we see that throughout Scripture, examples of lives being radically changed as a result of a question. Jesus was a master at asking questions, and he would ask questions of people to make them think. I mean, he knew the answer. Jesus knows everything, right? But he would ask to, to, to ask these questions to make those who are listening to really probe the depth of the why of their life and why they're here and what their values are. And so this month, for our Intentional Living community, I want you to be waiting for and looking forward to this teaching. I hope that you'll listen to it and think about these five powerful questions. What do they mean? Where do they come from? How does it impact you and those that you know? Share it with your pastor. Pastors, you're welcome to use as an outline, maybe in your church as a teaching. Uh, we we want to see this multiplied. Give it to your kids. Uh, we'll send it out, of course, video and audio. Probably many have already received it. Uh, if you're not a member of Intentional Living, if you're not a part of this community, we miss you. And so we just open the door and say, come on in and be a part of the ministry today. And uh, with your financial support, whatever it is for our ministry to help us continue this listener-supported ministry of Intentional Living, uh, we want to add you to the list to make sure you start receiving every month the, the newest teaching, both video and audio, from the Intentional Living Center as a way of saying thanks, but also to bring you up to date on the ministry and to encourage you on your journey. And so this month it's on these five questions and what the Bible teaches about intentional living. To join us, all you have to do is go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. Click on that little donate icon and all the information is there. And we'd love to be able to welcome you and say, hey, welcome to the Intentional Living family. Thank you for helping us do this. Your support allows us to do this. We've been doing this uh, since back in uh, 2008 um, for Intentional Living. With all the bills being paid, we don't borrow money because your support allows us to stay on the radio, take care of all the things going on. Thank you for doing it. All right, I'm Dr. Randy. Got to run. Thank you, Jennifer and Amy and Stephen and Gino there on Facebook, all our Facebook friends. Thank you for being a part of the show as well. Uh, I hope you spread the, spread the word. Uh, share with others. In fact, if you think about a ministry, sharing with five friends today uh, would be powerful. Would you do that? Appreciate it. Got to run. We'll see you next time right here from the Intentional Living Center.